This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hi, I'm Gary Lineker with a brand new podcast featuring me and a couple of old friends, Alan Shearer and Micah Richards. Big stories, tall tales, gossips, and hopefully some laughs. This is The Rest is Football. Well, we've talked about doing this for a while, and um, here we are all together. <laughs> Exciting times. Should be fun, eh? Finally. About time, eh? <laughs> so we're going to be with you at least twice a week throughout the season, and sometimes even more. We'll also be doing specials when a manager is sacked, or it's a big new signing, uh, or any kind of scandal, and generally be here for you for all your podcast needs. So here's what we're going to be talking about in our first episode. We'll talk about Manchester City. Can anyone touch them? And um, what more is there for Pep to achieve after the treble and whether Haaland will continue to score goals? We want to talk about Harry Kane. Uh, Alan's car is ready and waiting <laughs> to drive him to the airport. Uh, we'd also like to discuss the challengers. Who else can win the title this season? Could it be Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal, or even... Newcastle, who knows? And as we're still in pre-season, we're going to tell you the inside story of some of our biggest moves. Um, we should probably start with your old team, Manchester City. They've, you know, they've been pretty dominant in recent seasons. Can you see anything changing that? Not particularly, no. I just think Haaland's first season, last season, incredible. I think he will do even better. Do you? So oh, many, so oh. many opportunities. Last season, where he, he could have scored more goals. But but if you're a striker, and I'm going to tell you the same, if you're going to score a lot of goals, you have to also miss a lot, a lot of, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think losing Gundogan was massive. Yeah. Obviously, he's gone to, to Barcelona. 
But bringing in Kovacic is a masterstroke. I think he fits perfectly in what Man City want to do. He's not going to score the goals or yeah, create but, quite as much as Gundogan. Though. But he's he's different player in terms of when he's dribbling. So Gundogan would open up a game, pass, pass, forward run, where Kovacic can beat three players with his skill and the way he drives past midfielders. And I don't think Man City have had that for a while, even going back to like Yaya. We know Kevin De Bruyne can do what he what he does. But in terms of that's what he wants to do, I think Kovacic is is massive. Um, I just think they're too strong and I think they'll only Do you ever, do you ever think, I mean, I know Pep drives them on and drives them on, but there's so much success and then they've won the treble last year. Do you think they might possibly be for a while, a little bit after the Lord Mayor's show? No, I, I don't think they'll win a treble again because I think last season took so much out of them, but I do believe they'll they'll win the league. Look, the, the Champions League, it's like rolling the dice sometimes, isn't it? You get someone in a group stage or last 16 or whatever, you have a bad couple of games and you're out. And that's been their problem for the last, you know, five seasons. But in terms of what they have to offer, they're the best team. The only, the only one problem I see for Man City is, is Kyle Walker. If he is to leave, the way Man City and the way they press and the way they leave themselves exposed on a counter-attack, so many times Kyle Walker just nullifies that threat. And I know he didn't start in the Champions League final, but when he doesn't start, it doesn't feel like the same team to me. Yeah. I'll have to get someone who can do a similar role. What do you think, Alan? Do you think, I mean, it's, it's hard to bet against Manchester City, isn't it? Yeah, and I, and I, look, at the, I look at the others... Uh, I don't think the minute City have been weakened, I agree in terms of um, Kyle Walker. But when I look at the others, how they've strengthened, how Arsenal have, um, well, all of them have. They all realise that they're going to have to go some to close the gap, to close the gap, even a small bit. Um, but I, I do see Arsenal being the main, the main mm. challengers. Oh, again. actually, I'm going to go with Arsenal this year. That doesn't Which surprise is, me. Yeah, because I just think they, they were pretty close. Last year, and I think you know a couple of obviously very important signings. I think Rice could make a real, real difference. And I think they were unlucky a little bit at the end. Lost Saliba, particularly, was was huge for them. It's hard to go against Manchester City, but and I've, I haven't done for two or three years, and it's kind of paid off in terms of um, tips and stuff. But I just I don't know. I think Arsenal in the right direction. Could be wrong. It's a bit of a gamble. Mm. No, I get, I get that. I, yeah. think they've, I think they've strengthened really well. And, as we know, there's still time left for, yeah. for clubs. To, and I'm pretty sure that um, there'll be some, some, a couple of big moves from big clubs because they realise they're going to have to spend big. And they're not, they're not complete yet. Declan Rice, gone from West Ham to Arsenal. It, that's, a, that's a good signing, isn't Very it? Very good signing, yeah. yeah. A lot of money. But a lot of money. Once Chelsea paid what they did for Enzo Fernandez, then yeah. um, that was always going to be the... Uh, the money that he went for over £100 million. Pounds. Mm. A lot of money, but what, I think he's just an exceptional player. That they Solidity, leadership, um, reliability. Where's he going to play? What, what position, though? That, that's what I'm more interested in. When he in. played pretty much where party played. But that's what I mean. But if he plays there, you're losing a bit more what he's got to give, you know? But he can play there and... Do but the he, things that he does. I mean, he's very good at bursting through. But he can't, no, that's, that's the whole problem with Arsenal, in, in, in my opinion, because if they play Havertz and Odegaard 
as you ate. Yeah, at home on a nice summery day when the ball's ticking, you can do that. But you, you can't, like, if you go up against a Man City and you play Odegaard and Havertz as well, two might, number eight, well, he might be, not. He might play double, uh, if, yeah. double holding. Yeah, maybe. Well, he's got players to do that. But then you're losing something what Arsenal are good at, their, their creativity going forward, you know? It's going to be, I think he's an unbelievable signing. I think he's perfect for what they need. But I just, I don't know how he's going to fit in with the other offensive players. So, Alan, it's this the transfer season, of course, up until, well, it goes right past the start of the season, doesn't it, until, until the end of August when the window closes. Um, it's an interesting time for, for a player when you think you might be on the move. It, it happened to you a couple of times. Yeah, a couple of times. Um, when I was on the brink of leaving Southampton as a youngster, um, you get the call at whatever stage during pre-season. Who called you? Uh, originally my agent and then the club um, to say they've accepted an offer from Blackburn. So were, then you, were you looking to leave at that point anyway? Did you think my time's done here, I need to, to go yeah, to Yeah, I, I, th I, I think you know, and of course, if, if your agent's <laughs> doing their job properly, then they're aware of who and what's in for you. Um, because in reality, a club, I'm never going to come in and agree a fee with you and then or agree a fee with that your your club, and then you turn around and say, "I'm sorry, I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to come." So I mean, tapping off has, has always gone on. It's it? always gone on, and always will go on. Yeah. Um, whether we like it or whether we think it's <laughs> right or wrong, it goes on, and it's going to go on forever. So yeah, I got the call to say uh, Southampton had agreed a fee with Blackburn. It's now. Do you want to go and talk to them? And I remember Jack Walker when I walk into the room, and he said to me, "We will win the Premier League within four years. I promise you that." I was thinking, geez, that's a big statement. Um, really impressed with Kenny, what he had to say and what their plans were for the club, etc. So Could you I'll, understand what Kenny had to say? <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, got to concentrate <laughs> and listen. And then I went, I sort of went back home and I, I was really impressed. And then I got a call from uh, a representative from Manchester United to say that uh, they'd heard I'd been for Black, been into talks with Blackburn. Um, and they they were interested, but they had to, had to wait a month to get the, the for them to get the money together and be a PLC etc. At the time, I was thinking, wait a month. I mean, I've been really impressed with Blackburn. If there won't be that much, they'll come back in and they'll do whatever they have to do. And I never heard anything back from them. So I decided to go to uh, I decided to go to Blackburn and sign for Blackburn um, because I loved everything that they said. Was and it nerve wracking? It was. Yeah, really. Nerve -wracking. I was only twenty one yeah. um, at the time. My uh, my missus is uh, eight months pregnant. She'd very rarely been out of Southampton. And there she is in the stomach sticking out, seatbelt around her, and they're both driving through only youngsters. And Blackburn at times, or some of the places through, not the most, not the greatest of places not somewhere in Blackburn. Salubrious. And she bursts into tears and says, what the fuck have you done to me? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. So I thought, yeah, got don't it worry, it'll be all right, it'll be yeah. fine. And it was. It worked out and all right. I just want to go back to the, uh, the, the the tapping up. So I'd been tapped up. So when I first come on onto the scene... Burst <laughs> onto the scene, right? Can we, can we use a different word from burst? Yes. You know, it's a new season. Popped. Popped? Popped. Popped onto the scene, okay, I like that. Popped onto the scene. There was Man U, there was Arsenal, there was Liverpool, there was Chelsea. Oh. There was Spurs. Every, everyone wanted a bit of big meats. At the time, well, there's enough to go around. Oh, there's more than enough to go around. Um, but I just remember 
one of the clubs came back in for me. So that was when I was playing well. I had a couple terrible seasons after that. And all the big teams didn't want to sign me then. But one of the teams came back in for me about four years later. I still contracted uh, by Man City. But I remember I had to meet a manager. Obviously, we can't say who. But it was, it was tapping up. But I remember it was in the uh, hotel in London. What's the hotel? Landmark. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm, on, I'm contracted under Man City, but I'm not playing. I'm sort of, you know, surface to requirements and all that. And, and it was such a weird feeling, like knowing I'm going to meet a manager that is wrong. He's tapping me up. And it's wrong. They, my all, they all do it. Yeah, man. but my agent's saying, oh, it's fine. Yeah. So I just remember, like, going up the stairs and, like, the door. Like, he knows, obviously, I'm coming up. I've texted him, agents and whatnot. And I'm just, I'm, I'm walking through and it's like some dark, dingy room. The door opens by itself. So obviously, it's not just a normal room. It's a suite, isn't it? So you're going through the room, you're looking left, there's no one, and you go up, go up the stairs or some secret passage or whatever. Sounds like you're in Iron Apple again. I don't, yeah, I don't, it was weird. It was weird. <laughs> and it, it was just, he just sat there looking at me and I'm looking at him and he says, so you fancy it? And I'm like, you fancy what? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what are we talking about? Are we talking about football? Or? Um, and he just explained to me like why he wanted me, why because managers always do that, don't they? They think they can get the best out of you. Well, you know, when your career's going down a little bit, I'll get you back on track. Um, and in the end, nothing came of it, but it was just like a weird, horrible, yeah. dingy yeah. experience, you know? Who was it? Can't tell you. <laughs> So, so get, let me get this right. You weren't playing at Man City, but Liverpool, Man United. No, 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 this is, this is fast forward. This oh, is fast right. forward, yeah. Okay. yeah. But when I was first coming through, yeah, they all wanted me. They all wanted me. You know now. Uh, I remember, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alan Hansen. Alan yeah. Hansen. Yeah, yeah. Did a beautiful piece of me, match of the day. He said, oh, this, this is going to be... England future captain. I think I did the show with him. Did you? Might yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were saying, oh, he's, he's just I think I told him what to say. Did you? <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were, they were good times. And then in football, it's mad how things can go so well one season and then a few years later, just everything just, no one wants yeah. a piece of it anymore. It's, it's, it's quite hard though. I don't know whether, you know, people probably listening understand it. it's quite traumatic moving making a transfer you're a young man as well and you do you go is it the right thing it's a tough decision to have to make I remember when I was at, I was at Leicester start my hometown club I'd lived there I was still live with my parents I get to, and I was kind of late developer anyway and then got to like 20 I was 24 and I, and I thought a bit like you at Southampton so probably need to go and play a club that's challenging for trophies and, and, and stuff. but And I deliberately left my contract run to the end because I didn't want to kind of walk out mid-contract to, at my club, which is was was Leicester, and it was quite tough. So in the end, I had, um, there was kind of Liverpool, Man United, and um, Everton after me. But this Man United weren't yeah, the yeah, challenging yeah. force at that point. This, you know, this is kind of... A long time ago. What, what year would this have been? This, this would have been around uh, 90... 95. <laughs> Sorry, 85. Ooh. Not 95. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's that long ago. Yeah, so 85. But, and um, in the end, I decided 
to go with Everton. They were a fantastic team at the time. Um, Liverpool was interesting as well, but they had it, they had Ian Rush, who was a very similar player to me, and they also had this this kind of reputation for bringing in new signings and then not playing them for a season or two. And just you know, and I thought, no, that's no good. The World Cup's coming up next year, so so I, I went with Everton, and um, but because I was at the end of my contract. Um, and the Bosman thing hadn't come no, in then, right, so yeah. it wasn't a free agent, so the club still had to pay a fee. But if they couldn't agree, it would go to a tribunal, and the tribunal was was always in Lancaster Gate, where the FA used to be based. So they couldn't agree a, a fee. I think um, Everton were bidding like 500000 and Leicester wanted $1.1 million or something. So, What's the equivalent today? What would that be? Oh, I don't know. I saw a thing evaluating Alan's... Um, um, worth the other day, and it said they'd now be worth over two hundred million. But, really? Yeah, apparently. I, I don't want to make you feel sick. What's that? Say this. Yeah. So, so obviously I was better than Alan, so it'd be a bit more. But, um, <laughs> no, not at all. So anyway, so I go. So this tribunal thing, it was like a, it was like a court hearing. So I was stood there in what felt like the dock, and then I got Howard Kendall on one side with couple of people from the Everton board and then Gordon Milner then Leicester City manager on the other side with with some of the Leicester board and I went, and then you've got these three like old blokes at the end from the FA so the first thing that comes up the, the Leicester manager gets up Gordon Milner and he said we're, we're losing a player here he's he's going to be like top scorer for his country he's got he's amazing he scores like all these goals he's won the he won the silver boot two seasons ago in the in the, in the old Division Two, the championships it's now called. He won the he won the golden boot this year with us. He's gonna go on to do great things. He's worth it, he's worth so this stuff. And I was like, whoa, it feels like it's quite nice. And thank you very much, Gordon. How Kendall gets up, who's about to buy me, and he goes, Well, we're taking a real punt here. He said, <laughs> he said, honestly, it's a bit of a gamble, but we thought I, I can't really see him playing much in the first season at all. Really? He, he said, oh, um, nice he said done. his touch is not, you know, this bit. He said, there's something there that we think we can possibly work on. And, but you know, we don't really think we should be paying that much money. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, <laughs> thanks my very God, much. What have I done? <laughs> I was thinking, what have I done? Oh, I've had a nightmare. So, so eventually, they, they, the three guys at the end say, they said, right. They went in the middle in the end. They went, right. You're going to pay eight hundred thousand quid. And I'm thinking, God, that's three hundred grand more than he wanted to pay for me. <laughs> oh my God, no. what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> and we walk out the we walk out the tribunal. We get out Lancaster Gate. We start walking towards, down onto the street, and how Ken puts his arm around me and he went, hey son, he said, don't you take any notice of that bollocks in there, I'm just trying to get the price down, you're going to be my star man, and then he jumps, so, so then we, he, he goes into a Sainsbury's, he buys like four bottles of champagne or something, we get on, we get on the train, we drank a whole lot on the train, we ended up in somewhere in Southport at a Chinese, absolutely bladdered with my new manager. And then and, and, and it, was a, it, was, it was a good start. When I was, uh, when I could just quit one, I was leaving um, Blackburn in 96, I had the choice between Newcastle and Manchester United. And I went to meet, meet uh, Kevin and Sir Alex on the same day. I met Kevin in the morning, Sir Alex in the afternoon. And talks had gone. So tapping up. No, no, the club Blackburn were aware of it. They, they were, they were all, they were fine with it. They understood what was going on. And uh, met Kevin in the morning. Great. And the first words in the afternoon. So Alex came in and said to me, he said, uh, am, "Am I meeting you first? Or am I meeting you second? 
Really? Yeah. And I said, uh, why? He just said, uh, well, I just want to know. And I said, oh, I've just met Kevin this morning. He said, that's me fucked. I've got no chance. I said, why? He said, well, always first impressions last. And I was like, really? And he, anyway, day went over. I went home and I said, and I said, I'm signing for Man United. I said it was like, Fergie was like incredible. It was really? Brilliant. Yeah. I went, we travelled half an hour because we used to live in Formby and we went to Manchester and we went house hunting and um, chose a house, cho chose uh, Graham Souness' house on May. I knew that was for sale and I uh, said, so that's him going to Man Did he know? That you... No, he didn't. No. Uh, that no one knew. And then two days later, I got a call off Kevin to say, uh, I'm flying to the Far East on pre-season. I would like an hour with you before I go, and that's it. So I go to meet him, believe it or not, at a hotel in Manchester, Manchester Airport. So he stayed behind and the team flew over. And I had talks with him. And I rang the missus up. I said, I'm signing for Newcastle. I said, there's a car, there's a taxi coming in half an hour. You need to pack a bag for me. I'm flying to the Far East tonight. I'm on the next flight. Can't you pack your own bag? <laughs> It was too far away. She sent a bag to the, to the hotel and I never, ever went back to that house. Really? Wow. That was it. Done. Signed for Newcastle. Yeah. That's why, how, that's why, how why, why do footballers have to buy other footballers' houses? Well, it's just, it, was, it was a nice <laughs> the house. The only ones yeah. that can afford it, I suppose. It was a nice house. Yeah. My but, maddest one, my maddest transfer story, which this is, it's quite a long story, but it's absolutely true, was when I was going to leave Barcelona, um, I was kind of, this is 89 now. You probably still weren't born. Yeah. Um, or just. Just born. Just born. Yeah. So um, it was obvious I had to go because I had two really good seasons and the last season I was been played on the right wing by Cruyff because you're only allowed two foreign players. And it was obvious he wanted his own foreign players. He was trying to mess me about. But anyway, cut a long story short. The club organised this thing, Barcelona, Juan Gaspar, who was the then vice president, he organised this thing where he, in the Princess Sophia, which is the hotel right next to the ground, the new camp, he'd got representatives of clubs to come in. Now, it's pretty obvious to me that, that Gaspar and Barcelona wanted me to join Genoa, who just got promoted. They got fresh money in the club, and he was going, they have a lot of money. This is very good for you. I think it's very good. They're going to be a big team in Italy. You maybe join them. And the, the president and the coach and these team are all flying in on the private jet into Barcelona. And this is in the days before football was like, it is now where everyone's got a private jet. So I was going, oh yeah, okay, okay. But also there, we had, had to meet Monaco, the people from Monaco, um, the people from Fiorentina. Um, but I, and I already had talks with them and I thought I was probably gonna go there, but then Sven was the coach at the time, but he left. And um, Baggio had left as well, just gone. So I thought, mm, they're not, I'm not sure about that. Um, and then we had um, Tottenham were, were on the telephone. So it's a bizarre thing. And I had to go from room to room and, and meet, the, meet the representatives of, di of these different clubs. And anyway, so I go in, we meet Monaco, and then we meet um, the Fiorentina people. And then the Monaco people started threatening <laughs> the people from Fiorentina. Really? Wow. It was like really wow. dodgy going. So, and I was thinking... Standing there with my agent, we were going, oh, God, this is, this is weird. And we, but Gaspar said, don't worry about that. He said, Genoa are coming. He's, he said, he's not here yet. He's still not here, but, you know, he's coming on his private jet. And he's thought it's going to be great. So I so, said, okay, okay, we'll wait. And anyway, we were talking to Tottenham on the phone a little bit. Um, and then we're still waiting. It's about an hour. And eventually they, they come in, the Italians, all in the, like, their suits. And as you would expect, the Italians. 
And the president at the summit says, oh, Gary, he said, I just want, I'm sorry we're late. I'm sorry we're late. Bloody Alitalia, he said. Bloody Alitalia. <laughs> so I thought, okay, all right, fine. So then we, I sat down and they had the coach there and, and the president and there's about five, six of them. all sat there. And there was a tray on the table and, and, he, and he's got like lots of cups and forks and spoons and he's put out his team. He said, Gary, you may not know how my team wants to play, who we play. And I said, well, I don't know much about you, to be honest. And he thought, we won the league three times. I said, when was the last time you won the league? Oh, about 97 years ago. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. So he put them all down in a formation. And he starts and he goes, you know Maradona? And he's tapping this cup. I went, yeah, I know Maradona. He said, this not Maradona, but like Maradona. <laughs> then he goes, you know Marco Van Basten? I went, yeah, great player, Marco. He said, this? Not Marco Van Basten, <laughs> but like Marco Van Basten. And then he went through and then he went, you know, you know, you, you know, all the British players in the world. He went through about five and I, and I tapped my agent on the shoulder. I said, John, I went, you know Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up with Tottenham. Uh, and there you have it. That's, that, that's actually um, a true story. Let's look ahead. Let's discuss the other challenges in a second. But for now, let's just take a little break. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Welcome back to the first episode of The Rest is Football uh, with me, Gary Lineker, Michael Richards here, and Alan Shearer as well. Um, discussing the forthcoming um, Premier League season, um, mentioned Manchester City, the obvious favourites. Arsenal will possibly push them. Who else? Who else can... can I mean, they've all kind of made substantial moves in the, in the transfer market. Manchester United, I, I, I can they close Liverpool, the gap? I Liverpool. Think, I, I think Liverpool I agree this season right. are going to be something different. Do you think they've got the squad depth? I think we'll get a few more in before the transfer windows up. That uh, 
McAllister's a very good yeah. player, but not just a good player. He's what they need in terms of hard work. He's a winner. He's creative. He's obviously, he's won the World Cup. That Slaboshlai, is that how we go? Is that, is that, is that a good pronunciation, well, Gary? I'll take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> how long has he been working on that, by the way? <laughs> I've been trying all morning, to be honest. <laughs> he's a good player. He's talented, he, yeah. He's, I just don't know if he can deal with the, the pace of the league. I think he'll going to be a... The two a that have gone as well, though, Fabinho and Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, but they was coming towards yeah. the, the end, wasn't they? Well, it's interesting. While we're on Jordan Henderson, it brings us to, to the subject of, of, of Saudi Arabia. A lot of players, lot of players going there. Mm -hmm. um, what do you make of that? Is it just another place for old players to go and, and kind of finish their careers? Or is it a bit more, perhaps, of a challenge towards European football? And Not yet. Uh, not yet, it's not. I mean... You, you you have to accept that at the minute a player is, is going out there for the money. Yeah, and that's the that's the sole reason. Yeah. Um, we'll read about and hear about projects, and we'll hear this, that, and the other, and it's it, they're looking to change. Fine, but you have to accept that the reason players are going out there is, is for financial reasons. Mm. Uh, and and is is that wrong of them or not? I don't. Um, only that individual can answer that. Yeah. Um, I try if I put myself uh, put myself in Jordan Henderson's yeah. position. He's done unbelievable work both on and off the pitch um, at Liverpool. Um, he worked extremely hard off the pitch, and now there's people talking about is he has he damaged his legacy? Well, uh, we don't we don't know that or understand what he can say or even do whilst he's over there. Um, because I don't know him well, but I know that he's a great character. Um, he seems a great lad to have in the uh, to have in the dressing room. I would never question anything that he chose to do, because when you look at it, he's he's got the chance to for to, for the for God knows how long for his family, yeah. generations of his family, mm. to protect and to help them. So you can't. I don't think you can criticise him for that. But you have, we have to accept players are going over there. Yeah. For financial reasons, can you see it being a threat to, to, to kind of Europe as because Europe is obviously the mainstay, it's the biggest kind of block in terms of football, it's where all the big players play. I mean, there's always been places, hasn't there, that old footballers go to, to not to die but sort of end their careers. Did it myself, went to Japan. So, you know, but if someone like Mbappe goes, that's that really, really just changes things. Dramatically, Mbappe's not going. No, like, he, 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 no. he can't go. I think like the, the money that people are getting offered, staggering amounts. Yeah. So if you put yourself in that position, if I was over twenty-eight and had won something, or been part of a successful team, however that may be, and I got offered the money, I would I would go tomorrow. I I, I would. I, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't lie about that. But I, I think. When you look at the bigger picture, and a lot of people not talking about this in in regards to look at Chelsea, how many players have gone over there now? It's been handy for Chelsea yes. to get rid of uh, the players, some of the players yes. that they want out. Exactly, they so they had too many. So who's going to pay that amount yeah. for the players? So we talk about financial. Well, that's player, a different. That's player. a different argument. That though, in terms of the um, the, the coming together, of the clubs into the PIF. Got a stake in Clear Lake, who got a majority stake in Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Same with Newcastle. Yeah. PIF 
majority stake in Newcastle. Now they own clubs in. Yeah. So it's it's that that's a that's a different and difficult subject. If you can get rid of two hundred million pounds worth of talent that might be worth a hundred. Then for the books over here, and to get the fa- salaries off you, it, it, off your books, you're saving yeah. millions and millions of pounds. Yeah. So people are seeing it as a negative, but for actually clubs, it's a it's a massive yeah. positive. Yeah, but you can say let, let's use you as an example. Yeah, I know it was a different culture, and it was something totally different. Um, but you went for financial reasons at the end of your career. Yeah, if I'm honest, it was mainly financial. No, it was yeah. also to be involved in something new and something different and stuff. But, but the but main part was for money. But it was. It yeah. was. I was. I was eight wrong, times more money than that, I was though? getting in if, England. Any any job. Yeah. This is what people don't understand, and it annoys me. If you're working a normal job and you get offered. Ten times the amount. Yeah, you're gonna go. No, I think we all accept that that, that money talks. But it, is it something that it's it's probably perhaps slightly distressing for for the fans of the game? No, but I don't think. But it's only what the Premier League has done. So the Premier League's got more money than most leagues, and they nick everyone's best players. Now someone's doing it to the Premier League. It's become. A problem if the well, they talk about the the, the sport washing aspect of, a, of of players going to a country where you know they they, they they basically put to death like people for not necessarily dramatically bad things. So I think that's what they're talking about. And the, the sport washing side of it, and the, trying to clean cleanse them, the, their image through sport. But I, I also think what what the work. I mean, we're talking about that more than ever now, which has to be a good thing, yeah. because five, ten years yeah. ago. We, we, it might have got a mention. Certainly, no one near as much as it does now. And, and there's at times we don't know whether Jordan will be able to say anything over there. I, I suspect when he sits down with the media, the first questions they're going to ask him is his great work, what he did in Liverpool, and how he's going to feel about that now. So at least, and it might be only a tiny thing, and it is only a tiny thing, but at least someone's going to ask him about that and ask the question. So it's it's at the forefront. Well, this is this is. Part of the problem, isn't it, when politics are brought into football? Because if you do something for every cause, then you get dragged into the the political side of things. But it doesn't make him a sellout just because he's going to to play football there. You can have, you can be in the middle. You cannot agree with someone's rules, but you're going for other reasons for for himself and his his, his family. You know. It's, it's 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 a difficult one, like it's a game changer. There's yeah. no doubt about it in terms of finances because players' transfer fees because of that will increase in this yeah. country. There's no doubt about yeah. it. It's going to have a knock-on effect. Yeah. Mm. Um, they want to make a statement uh, in terms of the players that they've got, but in terms of challenging the Premier League, yeah, but it's hard for a player. It's hard for a player, and it we're not politicians, are we? And we oh, get, oh we, I don't know. Well, well, well yeah. <laughs> yeah. me and Alan are not politicians. <laughs> you can go on the other podcast I'm, if you want. I'm on here to, to stick to football, okay? I'm just sticking to football. Um, but, but politics comes into all sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, but it's I mean, but, if you get, yeah. we wasn't educated through politics. Hmm. So you get asked these questions and all you want to do as and they're a young men, aren't they? even the ones a, that are at the end as, of the careers are still as, young of men. Of course, as a person, is say the right thing. You're not going to say the right thing all the time. It's coming from a good place. Of course it is. But when you get put in these positions, what are you supposed to, to say? What are you supposed to, to do? It's, you get put in an impossible position. And that's why 
for Jordan Henderson, it's, it's so tough being in, in his position because when he first got the call, he'd probably think, no, I'm not doing that because I'm going to get slaughtered. He probably got offered 250 grand a week. He's probably like, it's all right. Then it goes to 350 grand a week. And then it, and then it was like, oh. Then it gets to half a mil. Then, then you start to think about something different, don't you? The rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. And, and generations that, after that. And I just point, think yeah. it, it's... We need to stop It's very people, easy to pontificate. Yeah, but we need to stop putting players <laughs> yeah. Yeah. into these positions when we've not had the experience to deal with these situations. But also, players do have a powerful voice. Of course. Uh, if you believe in something, yeah. then that's totally fine. But if you put in a position and don't know what to say, it's, it's very difficult, isn't it? Yeah. Talking of um, while we're on Saudi Arabia, how do you fancy Newcastle getting on this season, Alan? <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a very subtle way of getting into Newcastle. <laughs> was just, just to move the subject away from that onto, onto Newcastle. Um, what do you think? You're confident? Yeah, I'm confident You've again. Stolen I think it'll be Harvey very, Barnes off, off, off Leicester. I think it, it's going to be very difficult for Newcastle to um, go again and finish in the top four. I know they've signed a quality young midfielder, Tonali. Uh, Harvey like Barnes. Tonali. Just don't know if he's Premier League's different, isn't it? He's yeah. got lovely touch and he can play the ball, lovely technique. It's just the physicality, that's all. Sorry, Alan. No, no, it's fine. Um I think they'll have another very good season. I think it'll be very difficult for them to finish the top four. I obviously hope they do, but um in terms of doing the, what they did last season, I think it'll be very, very difficult for them. Unless in the last ten days or so the transfer window, they'll go and get another two. Big hitters. So what do um, they need? What do they need? Yeah. Um, they may need uh, another forward, a centre forward, and a left back. For, that would be for me. Yeah. Maybe, and if they've been greedy, another centre off. Yeah. But in, in, in the rest of the positions, that feels as if they're pretty strong, yeah. Chelsea. Where are uh, they? Well, it's, that's going to be hard to predict. I mean, they've pretty much got rid of a whole team <laughs> and they've still got a squad that's enormous. Yeah, but they've been good pre-season. I know you can't yeah, say pre-season. Pre I know, but the, at least they've got a, yeah. a way or style of playing. If you watch a couple of the games, uh, and Cuckoo's been class. Jackson's been good pre-season. Jackson's been really good, but just the more direct. You know when he was watching Chelsea last season and he, he couldn't quite work out what they was trying to do? Was it going with a 4 3 They changed three times in a game. Havertz up front. It yeah. was a bit, bit weird now. They've got pace, so they've got runners in behind, and I think that'll. They need some more players. They've lost like seven or eight players, haven't they? It's not going to be easy, like Pochettino, is it? It's basically starting afresh with. No, different... but I think, I think that was a good sign in Pochettino. So do I. I think he's yeah. a very intelligent, clever manager. Um, and I think, I think they'll do. Um, what's that? They're not going to be as bad as they were last season well, because it was be, pretty embarrassing yeah. for them what happened last season and, and where they finished. I don't see them challenging for the title. Um, yeah. I think that if they can go from where they were last year to then challenge to get in the top four again, yeah. I think that would be success for them. Manchester United. I think they closed the gap last season to a, to a degree, but it was a big gap and they, there was definitely improvement. This is this, it's a big season for them, isn't it? Yeah, but the old Man United only played well when Rashford was on form. Yeah, didn't they? In terms of like yeah. getting over but he's the line. Still there. Yeah, he's still there, he's... but they need they need more than Rashford. They need other players to change the game. They've invested in a 
a young striker. Um, is it Hoyland? It could be the new Haaland. <laughs> I mean... His record suggests not, but he's young. He's, what is he, only 20? 20, he's only 20. But they needed a kind of another kind of striker, didn't they? I mean, Rashford play, can play off the left or, or he can play as a nine as well. So. I don't know what, what Rashford, what's his best position? I was listening to an interview the other day and he, he, he said he likes playing off the left. But he did, that, but I, I spoke to him before the cup final, a long chat with him, and, and he, he was saying, he, he, yes, he likes playing off the left, but also he wanted to be better as a number nine. And he thinks he's learned a lot in the last season about playing as a Yeah, but that's what I mean. You can't go into a season... Mm. Not, not. Yes, he can be flexible if you yeah. need to change the tactics. Why can't he play both of them? Because it, not you, at the same you, time. Because <laughs> you need a way of playing, don't you? Like I think now, like the Premier League is so tactical. Like a little differences make a massive difference. So if he starts in the centre forward position and doesn't touch the ball for for seventy minutes and gets frustrated, and the fans get on his back, then he gets subbed. Then. I think he's more, he's better on the left because he's involved in the game more. They need a proper centre forward who they can put there and he can work off, in my opinion. It's a big season for Sancho. It is. It, yeah. When he was at Dortmund, I thought he was going to be a superstar. And not because of the Bundesliga, because of Champions League. I always do my, yeah. the measure in the Champions League, yeah. not just the, the leagues that they're playing. He's disappointing, wasn't he? I just, I just, he's got more to give. He started well in pre-season. He's, he's done well, a few assists. But I just want to see more from him. Like mm. he, It's like when he's playing at Man United, he's playing that term within himself. You know, sometimes we just don't want to give the ball away or you're, you're scared to, yeah. to, to do a trick because it might not come off. That's what made him Sancho. He was. All the tricks he did, at some of the stuff he did there was... Even going back to Man City, yeah. Man City Academy, when he was there, I mm. watched him. I was like, this kid is going to be the next... Yeah. Sterling or yeah. whoever it may be, but it's just not happened. I think I think he's got the ability to do it still. It's just whether he can get it going. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? Midway through last season, when Ten Hag like let him go away somewhere, did some training, did some mental work and stuff. So you don't know what's going on or whether he's you know just been through a tough spell. Because again, these are very young men. Mm -hmm. well, we talked about Delhi. Have you seen the Delhi Yeah, yeah. Uh, very moving. Mm -hmm. Very you know, just shows you don't always know what is going on behind the scenes and the problems that, that, that young men... What advice would you give to someone coming into the game now? Because obviously I'm the, the newest or yeah. the freshest out of the changing room. So I mm. sort of can sympathise with what they're going through in terms yeah. of the changing room now. But what advice from the older pros would you yeah. give to someone who's coming into the game But you know, You're on about that. You're on about that. I, I remember, I mean, Gary was before me and... and uh, but there were, there were, it was the alcohol in, in yeah. back in, in our, our day. day. I mean, alcohol was, yeah. was like, yeah. it was, when I, when I went into football, alcohol was off the scale yeah. in, uh, in the dressing room. It was so not that, actually in the dressing room, but uh, well, like, in, yeah. the, in the pub. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. After the dressing just to make it clear, just there was case. alcohol in the dressing room after well, the game. So, yeah, oh, yeah, there was. So, so yeah, I mean, it is, it's, but there's so much on offer now for, for the, for the young players to get into the wrong and the wrong crowd. Sometimes yeah. you ain't got an option because yeah. part of that might be a family. Yeah, yeah but how do, you, how do you stay on that right well, path? That's, some, that's something that you have to deal with yourself. It's very easy to say, right, son, he said, just make sure you don't drink or you don't do this and you live yourself. I mean, I always say, and it's, it's very easy with experience, looking back, you just say, 
this, what an unbelievable opportunity you've got in life. You've got this amazing ability. Just make sure you give yourself the best possible chance to succeed. Yeah, but, but, if, but if you've got things going on, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's easy for you to just say that. It's another thing for, you know, basically. I mean, I've got four boys and they all like going out for a night out and having a few drinks, et cetera. And then, but, but their life is kind of m normally more ahead of them. They're not footballers. They're not, whereas footballers from the age of 16, 17, 18, when most kids are just like lazing around playing PlayStation, going out having a few drinks and doing whatever else, they've got to be like focused and disciplined. The rewards are remarkable and extraordinary, obviously. And it's easy to say, do this, do that, and the other. But we're all made of different things. Some people, you know, mental health issues and all that. And the clubs, I think, are so much more supportive in those areas now, probably. Certainly when I, when I played, you'd yeah. just get a pollock in and say, oh, okay, yeah. sort yourself out, man up and all this. Do you think it's to do with finance though as well? I, or I not? Think, because it, say if know. you're a 21-year-old yeah. kid or young man yeah. and you get offered 200 grand a week well, you, for you, six you, years. You, you had enormous money from a very early age. Not compared with now because of that course. would never be the case. But it's still, you know, do you think that made you go off the rails a little bit? No, I... I didn't go off the rail. I was just enjoying every moment too much. <laughs> Literally oh, too much on the pitch and off the pitch. Too much rather than going off the record. Yeah, rails, but, but I, <laughs> I, the only time I had a little bit yeah. of feeling down, mm. I won't say the word depressed because no. uh, my auntie, she had mental health and she, she died mm. not long ago. So when I see mental, mental health, it, that's what I always pictured. Yeah. And I always said to myself, like, how, how bad is your life from one to 10? And then you look at family and you've got yeah. a job and all that stuff. So I, I'm just a person who always sees the positive in positive, things, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I try and tell that to, to the players. But, but if you're not that way inclined, it's, it's, it's hard, it's, isn't you, it? You I think it's very difficult to understand mental health issues if you've never had mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think the only thing I would say with all this thing is probably the best the way is talking about it, isn't it? I would, but I, would I think but you, you mentioned it before, is that the help that's available now, Yeah. I'm, I mean, the football clubs are aware of most things. They've got the right people in, whereas in our day, yeah. it was get on with it. Get, come on, lad, if you want to be a footballer, you've got to do yeah. this or you've got to do that. I think there's much more awareness yeah. now. You hide it though, don't you? Well, well, Look, yeah, I'm sure because it becomes embarrassing or something. Yeah, the deli alley thing. Was but it's not—it's really not poignant. even just drug. It's like sleeping tablets. Like they're, yeah. they're totally legal. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. though, the club doctors give me sleeping tablets, but yeah. I've used them to go to sleep. Yeah. But I never thought I could get another yeah. buzz out. It of was that. eye opening. So, I, I never. No. I but it's a shame. Hopefully, the fact that he's now come out and talked yeah. about it, I and mean, you can, you know, salvage something because yeah. you, you, it, it was always a mystery as to why. A player of that his ability just kind of well, his career kind of spiraled out of control and downhill. But we know Correct. we now know why. But anyway, just to just to finish, let's finish on um, Harry Kane. It looks like he might well go. Why, to are, you all, why are you laughing straight? Just, just well, yeah. laughing with the question addressed to you, Alan. I'm out of this one <laughs> because obviously he's chasing your Premier League goal scoring record, and now he might well be going to to buy Munich, which would mean it'd be highly unlikely that he will beat your record, Alan. You must be ecstatic. Well, if it happens, <laughs> when it's going to happen, 
<laughs> I think he's making the absolutely right decision. <laughs> <laughs> and if he wants a fucking lift there, I'll drive him myself. <laughs> Oh, I'll yeah. even sort his private jet out if he wants. Yeah. Um, how much? How much is he away from your no, record? No, no, no. Forty odd, I think. Is it? You know exactly what no, it is. Not <laughs> 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 a many, good summer I did last year. How many behind you is he, Alan? He's a forty odd, I think. No, 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 honestly, I, I don't. I don't know exactly. It'll be forty odd something. But yeah. let me just say this beforehand. <laughs> yes, I think. Obviously, I'm delighted if he goes because it yeah. means I'll have a better chance of keeping the record. But I think for, for him... It's a great going, move. I, I do, it's a yeah, great I, move. I do, I think. I think. Oh! <laughs> 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 Before we hear that... absolute <laughs> 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 do you think it's a great move? Are you serious? Before, before we hear that laugh, let, hear me out, let me finish. He's going to a huge football club who will win the league and they'll have an unbelievable chance of winning the Champions League. If he wants to come back in 12 months' time, and my guess is, if the move happens, he'll have a, the Spurs will have a buyback clause at a certain price. And if he doesn't like it after 12 months, he'll come back and still break the record. It'll only be 31 in a year's time. Bayern are not going to give him a clause where they go back to Spurs after a year to go and beat Alan Shearer's record. I Come on. I wouldn't be surprised. You... I mean, in whatever deal he signs... Will, will it make you feel slightly embarrassed by having the record by default, though? Because <laughs> 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 well, I'd have scored another 60 if I didn't have three injuries. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think, I mean, obviously... I'm. Spurs have a great affinity towards Tottenham. I played there myself for a while, and it's going to be hard for the Tottenham fans to to lose Harry. He's, you know, he's been there. He's given them, but he's given them so much. I don't think actually any Tottenham fan really would be grudging going to somewhere like Bayern Munich. I think it'd be different if he went to like Chelsea or something like that, or Arsenal. Heaven forbid. But but I think going to a club like Bayern Munich and for him, lovely place to live. Really good people, you know, everyone will speak English. It won't be difficult in that sense, although it'd be great to try and learn German. If I, if, if I, were, if I were him, I would, that would be my one bit of advice. Try and learn the language, what an opportunity to do so. His kids will be fine there and it's a brilliant club. It's, it's one of the giants, he'll have a chance at the Champions League. He's, he's, oh, you don't agree? I, 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 the, I, I, I disagree He'll score loads of goals there and he'll win, he'll win things. No, I agree with that. But he's got a year left on his contract. If that's the case, play one more year at Spurs and go wherever you want. Go to Madrid in a year. Well, what, that's, what, that's, an, that's another well, argument. Two, yeah. two things. I mean, yeah. my guess is Daniel Levy. Don't know him, never yeah. met him. He's, he ain't going to allow that to happen for him to walk away for nothing. At well, the end of it. When you sat on an 80, or million, yeah. 80, 90 million pound asset, and in 12 months, he's not going to let him go away for nothing in terms of business-wise. never makes sense. Two, that that be a... And financially for Harry, it would be unbelievable. And he could still go to a, a club in England because I suspect Spurs are not going to sell him to anyone in England. But the other thing is, a bit of a gamble for Harry because he's 30, going into a... If he gets his one serious injury in the next 12 months... Mm. So from that point of view... To sit tight because of that reason, it's a little bit of a gamble if he does. Let me ask you one question because Harry Kane hasn't won anything. You, you won the Premier League, yeah, right, and you have this remarkable record, mm. uh, which in all seriousness is, is extraordinary. 
If you had to give one of those up, if you had to, which one would you give up? Um, if you if you had said to me about win, me winning the Champions League or the league with yeah. Newcastle, hundred uh, percent I would swap that all day long, for the record. Yeah, yeah. But De no, I mean, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact you say you'd won nothing in your career. Right. That you could go back, and you you had to choose between your Premier League title with Blackburn or a Champions League or a Premier League. I would take the the win and the medal with a team. Yeah, rather than your record. Yeah. That's that's all the point I was going to yeah, make. Yeah, I course. absolutely agree. and that's why I think it's the right thing. Yeah, for, yeah. The for record's great. I love the record. Yeah. yeah. And it keeps <laughs> keeps my name relevant, but. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. I'd have swapped yeah. either of those for the Premier League. Yeah. But the great, the great thing about having a, a, a record like that as well is, that it, and somebody challenging it, is also the fact that every time someone challenges your record, it reminds people yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know you're of an age now. You're nearly as old as me. That perhaps some people <laughs> won't even know that you actually used to kick a ball around a little bit. So it does remind yeah, people that bit, you yeah. used to play a bit. And I'd, you were sw- I'd swap good. it for a fucking FA Cup, Gary. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind a league or a Champions yeah, League. Yeah. That, I mean, you laugh, I would, 100%. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's team, ultimately it's a team sport. Within that, you want to be successful in, individually in terms of the amount of goals you score or... No? No, Micah? No? Mm. No? Is it all about Meeks and... <laughs> no, I, I would agree with what Alan's saying. But I just think when you finish your career, like, all time... Premier League goal scorer. Well, he's that got, just got a ring to it, isn't it? Look what he's got, Micah. He's got like he's a... Got, he broke Jimmy Greaves' record. He's going to have a statue. He's the England top scorer. Yeah. And he's going to continue scoring goals for England for the next three or four years. Yeah. So that that's that's probably never going yeah. to be beaten with him yeah. as well. So I agree with Alan, but playing devil's advocate, you could you could say, well, loads of players have won a league title. Loads yeah. and loads, but not many p- players are ever going to be the top scorer of all time in the Premier League. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Okay, but okay, so if he was Harry Kane, forget the, the contractor, what club would you want to go to? I if it was what, 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 what? Top three clubs. Let's put them in the top. So Easy. Barcelona, no, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. Exactly. Or, or Man City, if he wanted well, to. It, wait, I'm talking non-English clubs. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. So you've got the pick of all them in a year's time. You just sit and wait. You also have to look at the other clubs. Man City, Haaland. Yeah, but Kane could play number 10. No. no. He, did pretty, he pretty much plays there for Spurs. Man United now. signed the young boy. Chelsea, you don't know what they're going to do. So, they probably would I think because of his legacy, Chelsea out of it. I'd, ra- I'd, ra- I'd rather sign a five-year deal at Spurs and beat your record. Yeah, but don't forget, his, his, his contract now will be made up by the fact that Alan Shearer will be contributing towards it. <laughs> uh, we're all gonna have we're all gonna have a whip round, a whip round for Alan, whip round for Alan's record. On that note, I, on that note, I think we should um, end um, our first ever The Rest is Football. We'll be back on Wednesday answering your questions. And then on Friday, we'll be doing our season predictions ahead of the first Premier League game between Burnley and Manchester City. If you haven't done so already, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and we'll see you soon. Bye for now.
I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts.